This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Have you ever had one of those days when you, you just felt so down? You didn't feel like you could put one foot hardly in front of the other. You just felt without strength, without power in your life. And you really didn't know what to do about it. I want you to stay tuned today because God has a word that I believe will help all of us along that line. Today we're going to be discussing strength to hold on. Today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And let me tell you, we, I've had people to call me and to text me and to, to send me letters and to tell me how much they have benefited from studying these lessons. And I, I wish that I had the time to explain to you how important this could be to your life. And so what this could be the greatest decision you'll ever make is to pick up the telephone, call for this Bible course. But first, let's pause long enough that you can learn a little bit more about the course and then how you can take it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. There was a man wandering out in the forest one day and he lost his way. By accident, he happened to come to the edge of the forest and he fell down a cliff. As he was tumbling down the cliff, he saw a root sticking out of the ground. He grabbed a hold of the root. He was holding on for dear life. And he began to cry out for help. Is there anybody up there? Is there anybody up there? There was another man wandering around the same forest, heard the cry for help. And he came and he looked down and he just saw the guy holding on to this root. And he shouted down to him and he said, Just turn loose. He, see, he saw that when he grabbed a hold of the root, he was only about 18 inches from the ground. And the man holding on to the root cried out and he said, Is there anybody else up there? You may have had days when you cried out for help, but you didn't feel like help came. You know, God's people have gone through some very difficult times in history. And in the 40th chapter of Isaiah, they were going through one of those difficult times. And Isaiah had a word for them 
a word that I believe is one that's needed in our world today. It's Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I remember a number of years ago that I was away from home preaching for a week. And the place that I was preaching made arrangements for me to stay in a mobile home. And I was a little bit blue that week for some reason. And, and I was homesick. And I just needed some encouragement. I read this passage of Scripture. I went to the store and I bought some three by five cards. And I wrote that passage of scripture on a number of those cards. I posted them all over that mobile home. While well, they were on the walls, they were where you'd turn the light on. I even had some on the mirror in the rest in the bathroom. They were everywhere. Everywhere I would turn in that in that building. I would run into Isaiah 40 and 31. Do you know by the end of that week my spirits were better because I had saturated my mind and saturated my heart with a message of hope from God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. You know, I... In Psalms 46, in verse 10, the psalmist said, Be still and know the Lord. What does it really mean to wait upon the Lord? Well, I think there are several things that are suggested for us here. One of the things I believe that is suggested is that when we wait on the Lord, that we have a recognition of how truly great God is. The Lord is great, and He's greatly to be praised. Uh, Psalms 143 and verse 3 tells us, And He is such a great God. And when I stand still and wait on the Lord, I think it shows that I recognize how great God is and how He is the one who indeed can help me. Another thing that is suggested here is a recognition the, of the need for patience in my life. You know the American people are very impatient people. If you don't believe that, think about getting in some heavy traffic about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. If you don't think people are impatient people in America, their horns blowing, their tempers flaring, and, and we just want it to happen and we want it to happen. Now, you know people drink instant coffee. They, want, they eat instant oatmeal, and, and we, we turn on the television, and if it doesn't come on instantly, we get excited. Some of you are old enough to remember when you turned the television on, you had to wait for the tubes to warm up. But we want it now. We want it right now. But when I stop and I wait on the Lord, I recognize the need to be patient. You see, God's timing and my timing are not the same. I think another thing that is suggested when we wait on the Lord is that we recognize we've got to trust God. 
You know, in Proverbs 3 and 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. With all of your heart, do you really trust God? Do you really trust Him with all of your heart? Are you willing to lean on Him and not yourself? You know, we like to think, hey, we like to think, you know, I can do it myself. I can't do it myself. I've got to trust God. But I think another thing suggested when we wait on the Lord, it suggests that He is the source of any hope that we'll ever have. A lot of folk are living a hopeless life now. There are hopeless people all around us, and we may not even realize it. But you see, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord whose hope the Lord is. So we need to stop and we need to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. So Isaiah said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, all people get weak every once in a while. <laughs> we all do. As a matter of fact, we can get weak physically. We, we can get weak emotionally. We can get weak spiritually. Even young people can get weak weak and are in need of strength. Notice back in Isaiah chapter 40 in verse 29. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. And then he says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, sometimes we think that young people are not vulnerable to things like we are as when we get older, but they are. As a matter of fact, they might be more vulnerable than we are that are older. So young people can be without strength. But the, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. What is the source of our power? What is the source of our strength? One of my favorite New Testament passages, and it may be yours as well, is Philippians 4 and verse 13. Listen to it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The source of my strength is not from within me. The source of my strength is not with all the possessions that I may have. The source of my strength is not in maybe the popularity that a person might enjoy. The source of our strength is the Lord. I remember the occasion over in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, when, when Paul made mention of the fact that he had a thorn in the flesh. And, and I know people get in Bible classes sometimes in discussions about what was that thorn? Well, the fact is we don't know, and, and I think it's useless to even argue about what the thorn could have been. But he had one, and it was very painful to him, and Paul prayed for the removal of that thorn three times. Three times he went to God in prayer, but here was the way God answered Paul's prayer for the removal of that thorn. My grace is sufficient 
for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, it was in Paul's weakness that God demonstrated His power. God is the source of our strength. Now the question is, are you connected to the power? The question is, have you made that relationship change so that you're in a relationship with God where that power is available? If you've never become a New Testament Christian, I'd urge you to become one. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And through obedience unto Him, in in obeying the gospel of Christ, and that requires that we believe, not just believe on Him, but that we be willing to turn away from sin in our life, and that we be willing to be baptized into Christ. Romans 6, 3 and 4, Know ye not that as so many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into His death. So we're baptized into Christ and into the benefits of His death. Then I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in that relationship, I can rely upon Him for strength. I've had people to ask me, how do you do what you do, Billy? I've had younger preachers to say, I don't see how you do what you do. I said, I don't do it alone. I said, because if God did not give me the strength to do it, I'd not be doing it by myself. You say, do you really believe that? I don't just believe that. I know it. And I know it for two reasons. Number one, God says in His Word that He will give us the strength. And I know it, number two, because I've experienced it. And so they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And then Isaiah said, listen to it now, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. I recall going to a Bible lectureship series in Tennessee. And I decided that I would fly to Fried Hardeman University. So to get to Fried Hardeman, From flying out of Mobile, Alabama, you fly to Memphis, then from Memphis to Jackson, Tennessee, and then if you're fortunate, you'll have someone pick you up and carry you to university. All went well on my trip up. But on the way back, it began to snow. And our flight from Jackson, Tennessee, to Memphis, Tennessee, was behind schedule. It was so behind schedule that when we were landing, I saw the plane that I was to be on taking off. So I had a long layover. And it was snowing hard. It was a very hard snow that day. And I was a little apprehensive about flying. But finally, I got on the plane, headed to Mobile, Alabama. And we took off in that plane in the midst of all of that snow. But you know when we broke through the cloud cover? You know what was up above that cloud cover? Why the sun was shining all of the way to Mobile, Alabama. There may be clouds in your life today. 
that there may be things that are, that are hovering over you and around you and within you today. But I want you to know that there's a brighter side to life. On the other side, the sun can be shining. You see, we have to rise up. We can have the rise up like was with wings as eagles. You see, we have to rise up above the whole world we live in. This is a pretty tough world, isn't it? And we have to rise up above it. That, that's the reason the Apostle Paul in the 12th chapter of Romans wrote in verses 1 and 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's one translation, I think it's Philip's translation, that reads, Do not allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. You have to rise up above it. You have, a ri have to rise up above practices and standards and the like that are contrary to the will of God. But we have the power and the strength to rise above it. We have to rise up above things like discouragement. Have you ever been discouraged? You say, well, yes, I'm discouraged right now. Well, we can rise up above that discouragement. So sometimes we become discouraged because of circumstances in our lives. We, we become discouraged because of failures. We, we may become discouraged because of a betrayal by someone that we thought was a friend. We, we may become discouraged because of difficulties we're having in our, in our marriage. Are you having those kind of problems right now? You're having some difficulties? I, I want you to know you can rise up against discouragement. That Jesus made a statement in Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. And he said, no man, having put his hand in the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. You say, well, what does that have to do with my being discouraged? Sometimes we get so involved in things of the past. Things that have happened in the past are things maybe they didn't happen happening now. That we forget to look forward or look ahead. So we can rise up above discouragement and we can rise up above trouble. Trouble comes in the lives of all people. I love this passage found in the book of, of Psalms, the 46th chapter and verse 1. The Lord is my refuge and my strength. The Lord is my refuge and my strength. A very present help when in time of trouble. You see, you're going, you have some trouble in your life right now, having problems with your children. I talk to parents occasionally that are, that are just so down and out because their children are involved in things like drugs. And that's an epidemic today. The government is even concerned about this epidemic in America today, the epidemic of drugs. And I know of parents personally, I know them. And they're discouraged because of that. They're down because of it. They're depressed because of it. But I want you to know that in the midst of any kind of problem we have in our life, that we have a refuge, we have a help in that time of trouble. Notice the text again. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary.
That reminds me of a time several years ago that I was in the city of Macon, Georgia, preaching. I was to preach there for a week, staying in a motel, and the preacher told me, he was a little younger than myself at the time, and I was a little younger then than I am today, but he told me that he every day during his lunch hour, he'd run 10 miles. Well, I thought, you know, if he can run 10 miles, why can't I run one? So I walked away from the motel in my estimate that uh, at least a mile. And I thought, now I'm going to run back to the motel. And I started running with all of my might. When I got back into the, the uh, parking lot of, the, of that motel, the, the manager was out there doing something and he said to me, do you do that every day? And I was huffing and I was puffing and my face was red and I said, no, not every day. But I started doing it every day. For the next 10 years, I ran every day. Wherever I was, I was in a campaign for Christ in Trinidad. And I ran every day down there in Trinidad. Everywhere I went, I would run. And I did that until I ruined my knees in running. And now I have artificial knees. Some of you may have those kind of knees. And I've been told not to do it anymore. But one thing I learned in running and as you can run to the point that you think you cannot go any longer. You feel like that you have gone as far as you can go. And so what I did is I adopted the motto of gentleman Jim Corbett who was a prize fighter. His motto was just one more round. And when I'd get to that point that I felt like I can't go any farther, I can't go anymore, I would say to myself, just one more round, Billy. And you would get to the point it was almost like you're breaking through some kind of a barrier. Some refer to it as a runner's high. And then you felt like you could run all day long. Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. I think this has reference to our daily routine in life. I don't think he's talking about some specific incident in our life, but rather I think Isaiah is referring the things that we do day in and day out in our lives. If you stop and think about life itself, it's sort of like running in circles, isn't it? We get up in the morning, and then we go to work. We come home in the afternoon very tired. We sit around, maybe you talk with your family, at least I hope you do, and we eat our supper. Then after you've watched the television for a while, maybe the evening news or some favorite program, you go back to bed, you get rested, then you get up the next morning and you repeat that process day after day after day and year after year. Life is sort of like running in circles, isn't it? 
But in that running in circles, I want you to know that we'll run and not be weary. And then he says, you will walk and not faint. There are several things that will keep you from fainting. Faith will. David said in Psalms 27, 13, I had fainted unless I had believed. Prayer will keep you from fainting. In Luke 18 and 1, Jesus said, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means lose heart. And then having a persevering spirit will keep you from losing heart. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Galatians 6 and 9. And then seeing the unseen things of life will keep us from fainting or losing heart. For, we, for, the, for this cause... In 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul said, For the which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. This is what Paul said about fainting or losing heart. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. You see, there's an outward man and an inward man. And by recognizing that we have an inward man that is destined for eternity will keep us from fainting. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. My, my message to you today would be this. Don't ever, ever give up. Never give up. Beethoven was told that he was going deaf. What's a composer to do if he cannot hear? And it is reported that he said, Then I will take life by the throat. I will take life by the throat. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And I hope that this has been a blessing to your life. And may I encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not certain where it's located, call us and we'll give you that information. Please, please pick up the phone right now. Don't hesitate and call for the free Bible correspondence course. Or if you prefer, you can take it online. We, we appreciate your watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.